dog audience yes, tonight that's so crazy. but anyway so we uh violently funny is going to be an amazing experience for you ladies and ally gentlemen right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about domestic violence we're going to be talking about like pitfalls what you need to think about girls when when you're getting into relationships um, how you contribute to certain things, how to leave. We're going to have people come in and talk about the psyche of violence, the psyche of the predator, the psyche of the victim. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to talk about our personal experiences, right, Britt? Brit? Yes, we are. Um, I, I hope to bring clarity to what domestic violence is. Yeah. And as two stand-up comedians bring levity to things. Yeah. People always say whenever you joke or you poke fun at things, it's like you shouldn't joke about that. It's I think true. they think they're. I think they think you're cutting down the value of something, or you're bringing it down to another level. But as comedians, if it's something I find worth joking about and talking about on stage, oh, contraire! Right, we need to talk about this for real because it this, has more value. It's some kind of pain that stems from it, right? Yeah, and yeah. I do think there's a um, stand-up comedians have not all of them. I don't want to speak for every comic on the planet. I don't want to get killed, but. Um, <laughs> I don't want death threats. Um, but I do think that a lot of good comedy can come from pain, and that's usually my go-to well, advice. I think that most comedy comes from some sort of pain. I mean, maybe not Jerry Seinfeld or whatever. Sure. Not observation comedy. But, sure. But when people feel strongly about a subject, mm-hmm. right, most times it's because it comes from some kind of hurt. Yes. Right? Or, so. or um, stake in an issue. Right. Like, I think it's easy sometimes when you come in comedy, you're like, well, let me write about everything that I experienced today. Mm-hmm. Let me write about the train and the strangers at the cafe and dogs and the rain and weather and things. And I'm like, I would much rather you write like a short list of three things that you know you really care, care about, about. That you care about. And then right. like deep dive into that. Because that's where the emotion comes from. Yeah. Right? So that's where the emotion comes And the from. authenticity. So what happened with Brittany and I, right? Mm-hmm. We were at a domestic violence shelter and we were doing a show. Now, Brittany and I had never met. Mm-hmm. and But uh, when I found out that she, you were booked on the show, guys... Uh, I, of course, I Googled you, of course, and yeah. then I started watching your stand-up. And I was like, oh, she's a strong comic, right? <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is going to be fun. So then when I met you, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is dope. Because mm-hmm. if you were not, like, you know, fine, then I wouldn't talk to you. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> see, when you become a fun. comedian, the only quality that matters is, is she funny? Right. That's she, it. it well, yeah. who, who's funny here? Who's funny here? We don't care if you're pretty, if you're fun. No, no, no. So then, but then what happened at that show was really, really crazy for me because what the audience members who were the um, the members, uh, members, residents of residents, the yeah. mm-hmm. violence shelter were there and 
uh, it was just like weird because like some kids were in the building for a little while and then different women from mm-hmm. different walk, walks of life, different ethnicities. Mm-hmm. And like it was it was just like domestic fi- violence in your face. Mm-hmm. And it was a realness that I hadn't since I had been out of my relationship for a year, year and a half. I hadn't experienced that level of realness to right. it yet. Not to cut you off, but yeah, I got I, you. yeah, You're right. yeah, I felt that, yeah, that tension, yeah. yeah it just felt like so, but like because, and it's so crazy because when I was first approached about, um, approached about doing the show, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this should be interesting. And then when I started talking to the woman that was producing the show, and I started like telling her my backstory, I didn't hadn't realized that I was a victim of domestic violence. You know what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say? Like in your mind, you know that it's not right and it is abuse or whatever, but. Depending on your personality, I have a really, really strong personality. And I thought if we had a fight, I wasn't being abused because I fought back, which is different. That's very different than being beaten or hurt or abused. But it's still violence. It's still abuse. It's yeah. still abuse. It's yeah. still abuse, right? Mm-hmm. You try to tell yourself some different things. So so that whole show just changed my mindset as it really? related to domestic violence because mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute, because if you catch my stand-up, it's very boss woman, blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, mine too. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. That, okay. That <laughs> am I the part of this hit. story that I don't realize I yes, am? Yeah. Right. And when I saw those women who, who did not, you know, mm-hmm. subscribe to, you know, the victim mentality, I was mm-hmm. like, wait, I get it. Because I, I, I was it. there. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So then Brittany and I had a conversation and then we went and had tacos and margaritas. And then. It was so great. We burped violently oh, funny. <laughs> That's what And happened. here we are today. It's an actualization. It's coming. It's coming to life right now. Um, That's very. I felt the same way. I felt like when I was. It's a, first off, it took a very long time to correct the language between domestic violence victim and domestic violence survivor. Mm-hmm. I was still saying, well, I was a victim of domestic violence. I was a victim of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Even long after I exited that relationship. And when I say exit, for those listening, it wasn't a graceful exit. Mm-hmm. It was wrestling with a fucked up American legal system for right. six months mm-hmm. to get to get justice, to try to get things in place, to kind of recorrect my life so I could go be the Britney that I know I really am and the but Britney that I want to be. Because Yeah. And like, like what about even the emotional attachment to that? Oh man. Right? Because you still care about someone even though that's has happened, it has occurred, and now you have to get past it because you know it's not just about your emotions. It's really about safety. So mm-hmm. safety and and love and all those things, they don't always coincide. No. So just dealing with that part of it, we want to talk about that guys because like it it, it it rears this ugly head every so often. Mm-hmm. You feel like, mm, I may still care. Maybe I made a mistake. And you feel you feel guilt. I felt a lot of guilt. And I think that if we talk about it, right, mm-hmm. that it'll free some women. I hope it does. It'll free some women yeah. and and that's the goal, right? Mm-hmm. To be that because that's that's ultimately what comedy is. To tell my bare naked truth mm-hmm. and you get to judge it. Mm-hmm. And you get to judge it. Really opposite what your personal feelings are as it mm-hmm. relates to your own life. That's mm-hmm. when you have like eight comedians on the stage and, and different audience members like, I like this person, I like that person. Mm-hmm. Because you really like what speaks to you. What's relatable. Right. right. What's relatable. And that's exactly why, and that's another motive behind starting this podcast that you're listening to is, um, I don't know about you, but 
So for me, stand-up is such a raw and authentic experience. I had done improv and sketch for years where I got to hide behind the guise of characters and improvisation and playing pretend and, and fictional but comedic situations. And I never really got to touch on real shit. Mm-hmm. I also think as a person, and I'm willing to admit this, I hadn't really fucking lived life. I hadn't enough. lived life well, you're still, enough. Well, you're still doing it, right? You're yeah. Still doing it. Still doing it. It says you haven't been heard enough. Yes, hadn't been heard enough. And this was this was the first real for me personally, like punch in the face. Punch in the face. <laughs> Bout of darkness. Like, right. oh, this is so, I'm dealing with some shit. Yeah. I'm in yeah. I'm in a courthouse. I'm I'm out of prison. I'm like I'm I'm being beaten, I'm being abused, I'm being heartbroken. It was it was real for me. And it was stand up crept up on me. And this is someone who was in the comedy community. Already and stand up just crept up on me because I suddenly had something to say. Nice. I suddenly had things I was really fired up about. Passionate about. Passionate about. And from domestic violence, it went to gender equality and boss women and the power of women and my yeah. agency. And and I took I took a magnifying glass and I looked at who I am, how I was raised, my personality, my weaknesses, that I'm a hothead, my strengths, that I'm stubborn, that I'm all these different things. And before I knew it, I had this material right in front of my eyes and everyone around me said, this is stand-up. There's yeah. no other place for this. So it's so crazy. So my story is quite different, right? Mm-hmm. Because I like lived my whole life and I was married for a really long time and I had children mm-hmm. and all those different things. And I By always... the way, she doesn't look a day over <laughs> 23. And whatever, because black don't crack unless you smoke it. She was like, I was like, you have, how old are, yeah. I hope I look like you. Oh my God. So, so. But what happened is I always wanted to be an actress, mm-hmm. right? And then I went to college, and my story is like kind of like a backstory. Mm-hmm. So I did all the things, and then I wanted to be an actress, and I said, you know, all the comedians are getting the acting roles, so I'm going to be a comedian first. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that comedy was so exposing, right? Yeah. Because, God, dog, like comedy, mm-hmm. it makes you look yourself right in the face, in the mirror, like, what the fuck are you doing? Do the, Who the, really are you? And it's not yeah. all pretty. Mm-mm. Some of it is horrid. <laughs> horrid. Yeah. Or you think you've got it. I've got a tough skin. I've got confidence. I know who I am. And stand, stand up stand will, up show, will you. show you. Right like, no, you don't. Stand yeah. up will show you. So, I fell in love with stand-up because mm-hmm. it's so raw. I always say it's my abusive husband. It is because yeah. it's like you want it so badly and then when it's not messing with you, you're like, why Why am I not getting any shows? Why are they not calling me? And then when they call you, like it's just it's just crazy. Yeah, the stand politics up, and the creative process of it. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. crazy, but it's totally worth it, right? Yeah. And so all of those things that, that, that we are, you know, uh, dealing with, you know, succumbing to, over, you know, overcoming all those different things. You want to talk about those things because what happens is the more you're honest, mm-hmm. more people feel the freedom to be honest too. Mm-hmm. So with this domestic violence, so it's not really just a domestic violence podcast. Like, don't get us twisted. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. women's issues. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff, but we're going to tell the truth. And nothing but the truth. So, so help us, God. Comedy. <laughs> So help us, lords of comedy. Yeah. Right. Um, Because it is a multi-pronged issue, and much much like comedy is. And I think that's why the two things, these particular two things, marry each other so well Mm -hmm. in my brain. Um, But domestic violence, at least for me, going through it, it unlocked a lot of things about my self-worth, my mental wellness, my emotional health, um, my worth as a woman. 
equality between men and women, but the legal system, everything in the country. So, okay, what happened to Brittany Bray? Oh, where to, where to begin? No. <laughs> right? Where? That's the thing. What happened to Brittany Bray? I fell in love, an actual love, for the first time. And really the first time I fell in love was with comedy, as cliche as that sounds. But it was very early on in life that I loved performing and being in front of people, and I loved making people laugh. Before I realized stand-up was even a possibility for me. I knew stand-ups existed. I could pick one out. Oh, that there's a guy on stage hating his life and telling jokes. Oh, that's a stand-up. Like, you know, I, oh, that's stand-up. I had no idea what stand-up was Set. when I was growing up. I was like, what is that? I yeah. know I enjoyed it, but it, it didn't have a title next to it in Same. my mind. Right. Same. In a lot of ways for me, too. It was, mm. it was oh, yeah, that. And there was a, a distance. I was like, well, that lives in its own world, and I live in mine, and then that's that. Mm. Um, and... I loved before I had, I had, it was clingy before I had, I had men in my life beforehand, but I, I fell in love and I hesitate to say that I fell in love with the wrong person because I don't think it's the right language. And that's what I want to like aim for in this podcast. I don't want to promote language like that, but I regret or I messed up or I let this happen or I fall in love with the wrong person, but I did fall in love with someone and I was with them for close to three years mm-hmm. and they were incredibly abusive. But and not on the onset. On the onset? On the onset, no. Okay. And for me in particular, um, of which everyone who's listening will get the full scope of this issue in every layer. I hope mm. he listens. Mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> because he won't get it. Because he won't get I do. it. He no, he'll know. I don't hope he listens with the objective of him getting it. I've given up hope that that shit ain't ever going to happen. I hope he listens with the like, damn, dude. She's doing it, and and she's gonna put this information out there, this true information about who I no, am. No, it's not gonna get that. That's not gonna be gotten. Like, think about that. That's some self awareness. Like, what a bitch. Yeah, that's yeah. some self awareness that only women in yoga and meditation <laughs> can bring to you. And I think like dogs have. That's it. Right, that's dogs, it. Dogs may Nobody have else is that real. Dogs having that kind of awareness. Okay. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. So um, you felt you fell in love, and you fell in love, and then. You, your power was lost in some kind of way. Yeah. And then you stopped trusting Brittany or you stopped trusting... I stopped... Pro- I, what? I stopped trusting him first. It was a slow drip. Mm-hmm. A slow drip. I didn't realize the early onset signs of abuse. We'll talk about love bombing is a big one. Um, manipulation, gaslighting. A lot of it in the first couple stages and years were... Mental and emotional abuse. That's all it is at first. It, that's all it is. And it's so much so that and when you're in love, and for anybody out there who's like, well, you're in love, and I was the girl who said I would never let a man lay a hand on me. I was the girl who talked the biggest game. I saw domestic violence portrayed on TV and in movies. I heard about it through hearsay. I read about it in the news, and I said never in a million years would I let a man lay a hand on me. Right. I would leave. I would get, And I almost feel like it was the universe being like, you don't even know what you don't know. Right. In a way. And well, you don't know what you don't know because you have to think about it. You have to live a little. You have mm-hmm. to get into some stuff in order to see what your real truth is. And surrender is. to experiences. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it and it was happening and then and then physical abuse started and then physical abuse escalated. And it was I, the first time. Do so you here's a funny thing. This is interesting. I don't even think I've told you, you this. Because you know yet. I have my theory about those play fights. Like, what, That's what I'm, watch out for the play fights, Watch ladies. out. This is a PSA. 
Don't Watch let out. people play fight with you because that's a test. But don't be on the lookout for play fights and run from them. Mm-hmm. It's not funny. It's like, it, and it, like if he's tickling you and you don't want to be tickled, fucking get up and leave. Okay? <laughs> that's how it starts. Right? It's true. Taking away your power. Taking away your power and, mm-hmm. and your agency. So here's, that's what's interesting. I don't even think I told you this. When, it, during the course of the, towards the tail end of the relationship, when I was really saying, okay, mm-hmm. I'm getting physically hurt. I think this man has potential to kill me. I feel like shit when I'm in this relationship. It's a myriad of other feelings. I said our first fight was one night, I think it was in August. He was terribly drunk. I was definitely not sober. And I got pushed, thrown out of a bed into a dresser. I tried to go to sleep to diffuse the situation. And he came in and was egging me on. And I remember my instincts kicked in. And I said, just stay quiet and go to sleep. Let him just burn it out. Do what he has to do. And he got so upset at me that he pushed me and yelled and pushed me off the bed. And I fell straight into my dresser. Oh, my God. And then I got up and I went, whoa. I remember remember the first word out of my mouth was, whoa. Because I had no, I said, what the fuck just happened? And he's screaming and, and, and I mean, he, he's a bad mix of like. Were you really afraid? I was. That was the first time I had ever had any, but I mean, my, I, I, and I come from an Italian background. My mom wasn't afraid to like tap slap my, you. slap me or whatever. And I, I was really taken aback by, and I didn't register it as abuse. I didn't register it as, I just didn't know what to register it as because I hadn't experienced it yet. I didn't have a bin for it in my head. I didn't have a category for it. And I said, what the fuck did you just do? And he, he was on a tantrum. And then I think he, I, I, he got handsy and gra- grabbed my arms a little bit. There was a lot of pushing and shoving and stuff. But that did was it. Did you feel sexually aroused a little bit? I think that night I did. I did. See, I'm telling you. like We have to talk about that part. We do. And we will. We will. that is a part that's like. The hate fucking? Yeah. It's a thing. That is a part. And yeah. people need to and think about that because that happens and then you're like wait a minute we should have an episode just dedicated for that yeah that's let, let me because it's a release <laughs> it's a release of tension <laughs> but so what's funny is I described that as the first time because also I felt so unsafe that night that I had no idea what to do but to call the cops no person did you call the police I did because he was getting handsy and wasn't letting go of me and he was so violent and drunk and angry that I said, oh my God, I didn't know who, I lived by myself, so I so was like. So your first, your first experience you call the police, because you know that's not normally people's story. No. What happens normally with women is, uh, you know, there's no police involved. Actually, they diffuse the situation. There's some kind of remorse and mm-hmm. tears, and then they kind of go well, on. Well, we had that too, but in the moment, I genuinely didn't know what to do, because I had never, I had never been Wait, in that. how old are you? How old are you? I'm about to turn 28. Okay, so, and when did this happen? How old were you? 24, 25. Yeah, so that's really young. It's really young, and he's 13, 14 years my senior. Even so. But, I mean, that happens for young, you know, young, of course. same age people. But I'm saying, like, when you're really young, and at, we can't even blame it on young, youth, but when you're really young, you really don't know how to register certain things. I didn't, and that's yeah. why I think I ran to, like, a figure of a... Th- I was just like... This man is crazy. He's he's too drunk. He's angry. I've never had anyone lay a hand on me like like push me, shove me around, whatever. And what's funny is I had related to that as the first time. That was the first time it happened because that was the first time I called the cops. Right. Mm-mm. But it wasn't the first time. No. It was the worst first time. It was the worst first time. 
Mm-hmm. Write that down, ladies who are listening. <laughs> the worst first time in all capital letters. It's a proper noun. Right. Because a month almost to the date before, he came home. I was sober as a clam. He was drunk as a skunk. <laughs> and we got into like a tiff. I kind of caught him in a lie. And I just said, I just don't know why you're lying about this. Why won't you just tell me who you got drinks with? It was like a stupid little tiff. Me underestimating how drunk he was and how he'd be when he was drrunk. This was the first time like that side of his personality reared its ugly head. And he did something very subtle, but abusive and aggressive, which was I was by the door of my apartment and I kind of had it open and I said, I'm going to go for a walk to cool down. I was trying to remove myself from the situation. And he said, yeah, you get the fuck and you're fucking this and fucking you get out of yeah. here. Uh, the, and pushed, the verbal. pushed me out of my own apartment because his, his ass was living in my apartment because he legit did not have a place to live. So that's another conversation. That's the backstory. That's the backstory. Pushed me out and he had his hands on my chest and shoved me out of my own apartment. And when I said, don't do that, and I went to go walk back in, he slammed the apartment door on my left hand. And I, and I screamed and I was like, oh my God, what is going on? And my fingers were swollen for like red, swollen, like ripped skin. And I was like, whoa. And what did he do? After that? That nothing, like nothing. nothing. In that moment. He he huffed and puffed and probably drank more. He didn't even stop. He He didn't even like, like miss, like he just kept on. And I said, oh my God. I go, are you kicking me out of my own apartment? What is going on? And I went to go get back into my apartment, and he locked the door so that I couldn't get into my own apartment. And I was like, I don't okay. know. So he was taking away your taking agency. away my yeah. age. I was like, I don't know what you think you're doing. And I kept writing it off as he's drunk. He's drunk. He's upset. He's drunk. He's upset. And I just found all these like trivial. That's not even the right word. Excuses uh-huh. to to justify the behavior. And then um, when I finally got back in, I said, I go, I don't know what you, and and it was again screaming. And he slammed the door and was like, lock it. It, it. He just threw a tantrum. But if I really, like, I accounted the first time he was abusive as the time I had to call the cops. And he really was, like, handsy and pushy and threw me off a of bed. When really, that was the first time he was abusive. Like, that was really the first. That should have been a red flag for me. Where I was like, whoa, I don't know who this man thinks he is. Is right now. Have you ever been in that situation, like in high school, no. with boyfriends and stuff like no. that? No, not the once. First thing. First thing. And did your dad like beat you? Did you grow up with your dad? Not at all. My dad has a temper, mm-hmm. but he never once laid a hand on me. Yeah, in so. fact, it would just be my mom, and it would be like love taps if mm-hmm. I said a bad word or if I got fresh or whatever, mm-hmm. and like that was it. But like I had never. I grew up in a very. I was very fortunate, and lucky. I grew up in a very healthy, good family unit. Oh. Good parents, good home. No, we I, I totally come from a totally different Let's side hear about of the you. track. Right? So, like, I don't know. I feel like I've been systematically abused my whole life okay. as a black woman. Yep. And, and I don't want to, you know, attribute that to every black woman, but I do know that my experience was I didn't grow up with my dad. And I grew up with my mom, and my mom was, like, de- depressed. Mm-hmm. Right? So that was, like, a hard thing. Right, it was a hard thing to, to just manage, and then as I got older and dealing with guys, like I want to say my first abusive uh, situation, I was probably like fourteen or something like that. So that's a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So at fourteen, I was like, my boyfriend lived in my building, 
Mm. And he didn't want me to go places and he would like do all this stuff. Controlling. And he would like stay around. Even if I was with my girlfriends, he would like stay. Lurk. It was, it was all very mind fucking. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so, so at a certain point, I was trying to get away from that boyfriend. So I got with my ex husband because I knew he was afraid of the other guy. Mm-hmm. And he was like a little lenient. And I was like, okay, so at least I can kind of get away from the abusive situation and then it just wasn't that you know I, mm-hmm. I think that in that culture I grew up in the 90s and that culture was just more so ownership men own women in mm-hmm. a way like you were the property of this dude mm-hmm. and you were okay with it and I had a lot of girlfriends that thought that I promise you that if the guy didn't hit them they didn't love them mm. and I'm, I know that that I'm, I, I'm saying that like it's something old but it's not it's people not think, people think like that right now like women think like that right now well They're, we just fight we're just passionate right. we, we love each other yeah mm-hmm. right right even gay guys like deal with that kind of stuff all the yeah. time too in that in that community people think that because you can't mindfully say what it is you don't like or you do like or you don't want to accept or you do want to accept hitting is the next option or before hitting, like you said, it becomes a mind a mind fuck first. Mm-hmm. It's like, what will you deal with? Come now, sit down, get over here. I told you, make my plate. These things, it's kind of like hoops, right? Mm-hmm. So people take these hoops and they say jump through them, and you jump through them, and you keep jumping through. Them. Eventually, they're gonna set the fucking you hoop on, on fire, fire from right? friction, <laughs> and yeah. they're gonna see if you're willing to jump through the hoop that's on fire, and that's just what's happened, and that's what yeah. happened. With me, and I was in an abusive relationship for a long time, but it was more emotional abuse, abuse, right? So it was like cheating, and it was, you know, um, verbal abuse, you're a bitch, you, you know, those kind of things, uh, spitting, grabbing, just a bunch of stuff that should not have been going on. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, and, and that's the best way to get someone, because once you lower their self-esteem to a point... They, they can't leave you. Right, right. So you get your mm-hmm. self-esteem lowered to a point where you're like, I don't know, I don't, I don't even trust me. I don't trust my decisions. I don't know exactly He's right, I am doing. crazy. He's, he's right, I am crazy. Maybe mm-hmm. I am a bitch. Mm-hmm. Look at me. So then you start second-guessing all the things that you know to be true, mm-hmm. and then eventually it becomes, a, it gets to a point where what do you do? Yeah. You either fight or flight, right? So then I chose to fight. Mm-hmm. And in that fighting, it became a very abusive situation, and my daughters watched. Mm. which is very sad, mm-hmm. which is very sad, but you have to tell the truth. Like, we're going to tell the truth, so we're going to free some women here. And they watched, and then as as they got older, one of them even got into an abusive relationship. Like, that's mm-hmm. a generational, systematical thing yeah. if you fucking keep it up. And I always say the same thing. I say, excuse my language, guys, but I always say the same thing. Like, you have to know that when you're in any kind of situation... Somebody's watching you, and when they're watching you, they need to watch you do a couple things, especially if you had this victim mentality. They need to watch you leave, right? Yeah. And so, because in your leaving, you have to think about your the steps that you take when you're leaving because that's where your strength lies. Yeah. Right, so we, we broke up, and it was like a great experience, but emotionally, I still deal with that. Of course. Because I, have, I was with that partner for such a long time 
that now when I get into real relationships with other people, even though they're not abusive, it's very hard for me to connect to people. Mm-hmm. I am I'm so self reliant. I'm so guarded as me it too. to men because I'm because mm-hmm. not because I don't trust them, Brittany. Mm-hmm. It's because I wasn't trusting me. Me. What yeah. I would allow in my life. I had that piece of advice before even his physical abuse got really bad and was from a complete stranger at an airport. Both of our flights were delayed. She was really nice. If she ever finds this podcast, thank you. You're a very nice woman. It was at Newark Airport. And she says, well, what's the issue with your boyfriend? And I didn't even bring up the abuse because, again, I didn't think of myself as And you were being embarrassed anyway to tell people. And embarrassed to tell people. So I didn't Mm -hmm. tell strangers. You know, that was it. Um, And I said, I just really don't trust him. And for the record... This pains me and breaks my heart to say it. I never trusted him. Right. And that's the thing. I never. Because of energy, right? So you, like, ladies, do yeah. you hear Brittany? <laughs> you hear Brittany? What she just said was she never trusted him. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm reading this book called Women Who Run With Wolves. Mm. And it's like so true. It's like your instinct it tells true. you exactly what it is. Yeah. And what we do as older women, as younger women that don't, that you know, just can't, you know, like fall into their psyche yet and they don't really believe in their abilities to be able to... Judge a situation. Judge a situation, right. Your inner being knows exactly what time it is. I can meet someone today and if I don't feel comfortable in in your vibration, in your energy, I need to leave that situation. I'm telling you, you know, Mm. I was at a comedy club last night and I was Mm. watching somebody you know, trying to navigate a room. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this person's a taker. He doesn't want to give anything. He just mm-hmm. wants to take all the information. For himself. And I saw it going down and I was like, and my and my second thought was, don't judge it. And then my first mind was like, absolutely Fully judge, judge it. it. And your and first impression is usually right. Right. And when you get a how often are you getting a vibe from someone and it's really positive? Right. Like, how often are you, like, when you meet people, normally. When you meet people, you're cool, it's good or neutral. Yep. And then when it's not, you need to. That means there's something pulling your attention. There's something demanding your attention. Amen. And that is something that now, after this experience and after healing from it, I will never put up with. Like, if there's anything off-putting about somebody, Mm -hmm. I will be like, you know, Brittany, you were right about this before, and you're right about this now. And also, there's a lot of correcting of that language because you go through, you go through, forget, the, let's compartmentalize the physical abuse for a second. Let's talk about the mental. You go through a relationship mm-hmm. where you're being told you're crazy. You're yeah. too much to handle. Yeah. It's her. It's your She's business. the worst. You're the problem. He used to joke with me and send me articles about, he sent me an article one time about the Zodiac signs ranked by best girlfriend to worst girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And Aquarius was like number five or six. And he goes, oh, you, sh- you really should be number 12. Really? So why are we dating? I go, then break up with me. Right. Let me call your bluff. Then break up with me. From the worst girlfriend in the world. Because what what that was about was lowering your self-esteem. Yeah. It's not me. It's not him. It's me. Yeah. It's me. Oh, and then he knew. I, I, he got me to share a lot of, like, everyone, like, insecurities and weak moments and memories. And then Amen. He and you thought you them. were connecting. No. I was giving that motherfucker evidence. No, but you were giving him... You thought when you were sharing, yes. you were connecting. Yes. And what he was doing was using his am- ammunition. 
against me. Well, yeah. of course. And I have seen him scan people up and down, learn their weaknesses, their strengths, everything about them in between. And then the second the situation is not in that motherfucker's favor, he's like, well, you know, he doesn't do well anyway, or he doesn't have a college degree anyway, or she's insecure about that Predatory anyway. Predatory behavior. Predatory behavior, yeah. Yes. So it's like, you get told for so long, you're fucking crazy. You're insane. You're not ready to be loved. I used to even get told in a less abrasive way, I don't think you know how to be loved. What? That, what that, that he was mean? the first part. He goes, I really love you, and I don't think you're used to someone loving you this much. You have what? fucking baby lips, that is. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Is yeah. And I was like, oh, he's right. I just don't love myself enough, and that's why I can't see but how much he loves me. But that's what you say me. to somebody that's 24. That's what you said to someone that's 24, and that's why right. he's 42 and dating girls and interested right. in girls 24. that are 10 years his junior. Right, you see that all the time. That happens so quite so often. often. Mm-hmm. And, it's and, I, and that's another thing is I'm like, damn, dude, you, you can't get a 40-year-old woman to fuck with you? No. Not that they have higher self-esteem. even. They just know better. Sometimes. It's not even true. Like, we would want to think that the older you become, the more the higher your self-esteem is, but that's not true. That's not always the case, The no. reason why your self-esteem becomes higher is because you do things that make you believe in yourself. Fuck right? Yes. Right? So then, so so once you get to, like, think back on times that you showed up for yourself and how you were a boss. Made better how, decisions. Right. Then, yeah. So that that's how your, highest, highest, your self-esteem gets higher. Mm-hmm. That's how that works. So I don't know, but... Yeah, you have to correct that language because even now in day to day usage, I'll go. You know, was that person rude to me, or oh no, or am I crazy? Nope, I don't think that person likes me. They will, and and it's fine. No, and that's fine. And they can not like you. That's fine. fine, But you need to be able to know that that's what it is. You don't gotta second guess it. Yeah, and how that's like it's like how you said when you meet someone, if you get neutral vibes, neutral is good. If you feel Mm. anything else, like that person had a vibe. Nine times out of ten, that person had a vibe. And you don't want it. Something there is not. And they can be the best person, just not for you. That and that's where I think he was too on some level. And I think a lot of the toxicity, and this is a part of the podcast too, is owning up to our own faults, what we can gain from every experience. You know, right? Not that I think anyone ever deserves to be hit. That's not the point. No, no, absolutely but, not. But there's something to learn from every experience. Is absolutely why I stay. Why what is that about? And the fact that I stayed, mm-hmm. and I had some Cinderella bullshit logic for staying, which was I love him and I'm in love with him and we're so connected and we're so whatever. But were you really connected spiritually? Probably not. Right. I mean, and I probably won't really know he, that. Because he was broken, but then you have to figure out your broken pieces as to why that was a thing. Mm-hmm. My broken inside me was probably like, oh, I can let my broken out for free and I can Look at this. let my broken go play. And yeah, um, I think... Yeah, I think it's looking inside. Like, I should I should have left. If I didn't trust him, and I didn't, and I didn't want to admit it, because I was so attracted to him and so in love with him and had so much so, fun but what, with but him what, and whatever. But, but what did you feel? Who, who, who was he? What did he make you? You know what I'm trying to say? Because some, I think that what happens is women uh, associate them, themselves with certain men because they make them something else in their mind. Oh, so, 100%. Right, so yeah. now he, I'm this person. I'm this wife. You, I'm this person's this. I'm this. And right, and, and it gives you a higher sense of actuality, I guess. Mm-hmm. And really, it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, and I'll be honest, I think up until him, even if I had boyfriends commit, I never had someone who was really, really into me. And yeah. all things considered, bad and good, 
I do think if you pull all well, the he abuse, he was an older man. So maybe, and an older maybe, man, maybe it's, you wanted him into you as opposed to a guy that was more on your you on know, my age level. And um, I've I've always dated up and dated older. And I honest to God think like I look back in my early twenties and I prioritized having a boyfriend so much. To, mm. to nauseam, to a pathetic level. But that, that was but women thing. do that to each other. So women do that to each other because what women do, and I, I mean, you guys could can chime in, and this would be great if you chime in, especially like, we should open on up our like YouTube a Facebook channel, whatever. live kind right. of. Yeah. But if you guys chime in as it relates to this part, women devalue women when mm. they are not associated with a man. And that's the truth. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, she has a husband. And we make this woman, like, a higher echelon because she's a married person. Mm. So our single girlfriends were like, oh, she's single. It's sad. What the fuck is so sad about it? There's nothing sad about being single. Right. At the end of the day, it's what's happening in your life. And you have to embrace all those things because anything that's outside of what your current uh, position is... It's, it's, it's going to be, what do they say? They say, if you are thinking about the future, you're experiencing anxiety. And if you're thinking about the past, then normally you're experiencing some kind of depression because it's like longing for, you got to stay right in the present. And whatever your present is, is where your most power is. And that's just the truth. Because you could do something right now in this moment. In this moment. Yeah. And you can't control people. Just because you have a relationship, that's the thing, ladies. We have to rethink that. Because what happens is one of the reasons why people stay in domestic violent relationships mm-hmm. is because they think they will be devalued if they're not associated with the, with the man. Person. Yeah. Yeah that's, yeah. that's the real issue. Or you don't want to go through the breakup. That was the fucked up logic I used. But you don't want to go through the, through the breakup or you don't want to sit next to lonely. Right? Because that's the thing. Because you go through the breakup, but at the end of the breakup, we associate lonely as horrific so many women so many women deal with the most preposterous nonsense because they want to avoid lonely and that's the thing like we don't want to be lonely we don't mm-hmm. want you know we're like, oh masturbation it's just so ridiculous i'm not going to keep on masturbating like all these things but at the end of the day it's because we are not valuing our own person sometimes being Alone and being lonely is totally different. Alone is alone is not lonely. Right. Alone is not but people think that they are. They people think that they are. And I now I mean I can't tell you how many restaurants I set up by myself. And it's with a glass of wine and I feel that I'm like I'm by myself. I feel free. I feel free. Because sometimes you need to be able to especially when you're doing this comedy, right? Yeah. Because comedy needs so much attention. Like, you have to do, like, skits. You have to do improv. You have to do stand-up. You got to be seen. You have, you have to, be to out network. There. Mm-hmm. You have to, like, you have to act nice to crazy, degenerate, homeless people. You have to do a whole bunch of stuff in comedy. <laughs> that you it's obsessive. Not, it's obsessive. That you would not do normally, but it, it all ties in. It all ties in. Because comedy, for me, is just reality 3D. Reality 3D. Yeah, it's my... How do I make my personal reality relate to your reality? Even if you haven't been in this kind of a relationship or you haven't gone through this very, very specific experience, how do I... How do I find a way to get on your level and find some part of this joke you can relate to? And to your point about women being so 
fixated on single. Single's bad. Single's horrible. Horrible. And nobody yeah. wants... Oh, yeah. And you're so right. If another girl in the room is single as you, it's either eye level or they're below you. But, like, if a girl walks in with a man, it's... She trumped you. Oh, she it's trumped, trumped like, you a little bit. She has the Chanel bag. Yeah. Right? It's or like whenever, a, a whenever the, you know, they go... Oh, you're engaged? Congratulations. Oh yeah. my God, you're happy. Yeah. How'd you meet? How'd you meet is not, I'm so happy for you. How'd you meet is, where did you find him and does he have a friend? How and do where, I get one? How do I get one for myself? How do I get one for myself? Yeah. And in, How do I get one for myself? Damn. Mm-hmm. How, how do I get one for myself? And then bigger than that, right? Like it's an ice cream sandwich. A little <laughs> bit, but a little bit bigger than that, right? Yeah. How do I get one for myself and not? It doesn't have to be a good relationship. Fucking yes. I just want one. I just want one. I know so many women in abusive relationships, and people are jealous of them in their abusive relationships because they lie. Lie, yeah. They lie to each other, and you like women. What I'm not saying go around telling all your business, but stop putting this goddamn crown on these frogs. Like, tell the (laughs) truth, right? Like. It's not all great. It's not all gravy. I'm trying. I'm doing the best that I can. Say that. Stop pretending. Yeah. Because then you have these single women like, oh, it, oh, I wish that it was. No. She looks so happy. I wish I had that for myself. She would so happy. Oh, whatever. And at the end of the day, friendships, business uh, situations, so many things bring you so much joy. Like, and, and like, seek, prioritize. Seek validation elsewhere. Prioritize you first. Yeah. Once once you feel like I Onika McLean, I I am deserving of love, peace, happiness, and all those things that I attribute to myself. Mm-hmm. Brittany Bray, the same thing. Once once that is established for yourself. And you truly it, feel it. And and that's gonna be up and down. Because sometimes you're gonna feel Sometimes you're not. That's part of being a human. Right, but for the most part, you truly feel it. Mm-hmm. Then you can go from there. That 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 That's your starting point. Your starting point is not from minus freaking 15. Let's get to zero. And then work our way up. And, right, let's get to zero. And avoid up. things that even threaten to bring us any lower. Right. Yeah. Someone calling you a bitch. Someone's taking your fucking cell phone. Someone, like, like... Uh, searching your Instagram like who is this person and why they say this and blah 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 and trying to make you explain things mm-hmm. and people that are taking hula hoops and making you jump through them it, it's and not setting them on fire it's yeah. and then they're gonna set them on fire and yeah. once you once you don't feel comfortable when you feel uncomfortable leave pump your brakes and at least think about what the hell is going on yeah. And it's that same feeling heightened, you know, when you leave a relationship and you're going through a breakup and you think, I know I'll find someone else, but will I ever find someone else? Or, or like you feel like in a turn like that. But do you want someone else too? That's the other thing. Cause I think that I have like boxed myself off. Cause even I've boxed myself off. I'm talking to my current, my therapist now about like, I, as someone who considers himself a very sexual person and mm-hmm. someone who's very emotional and affectionate. I feel very boxed off from intimacy. Yeah. And she was like, I think that's part of it. Or like she had said to your point, you're you're scared and you're not looking at men the same way you did before. And, and you're, and she goes also, Brittany, she's like, describe like a separate conversation. She's like, describe your life right now. And I was like, I'm really happy with every part of my life. Are you really? Yeah. 
Like, oh, nice. That's money. I mean, I still have anxieties about comedy all the time. I mean, none of us know if we're going to make it to where we want to be making it. So, like, mm-hmm. but at least I'm obsessed with something healthy. I'm obsessed with something I can control so, right. and productive. Right. You know, and I'm like, I don't feel like I'm lacking anything with a partner. My friends are great. My family's great. I'm not saying I don't have life struggles or things to worry about. Mm-hmm. But everything that I can control that was, that's within my power, I feel okay about. Right, right. She's like... Yeah, your cup runneth over on its own. You don't need someone else to come and like pour you in. Pour you in. Right. That's exactly what's happening. And it's like, at least in the comedy transition, I don't know if you feel this way. If I go to another goddamn open mic or show, or another girl gets on stage and makes fun of herself for being single, I'm gonna ram my head into the wall. Really? I see it all the time. But you know what? And that bringing like a good. I have, I have a good. I'm single, Joe. I've been single so long, joke, that I feel it's hilarious, but it's about masturbation, but I get it, but you have to... Oh, girl, I have a dry spell joke. Right, right. Because I was sick of having bad casual sex, so Mm -hmm. I have a joke about going through the longest dry spell of my life. Right. I do, too. But the whole... And that's, I asked him if he wanted any with me. He didn't. And that's probably why I'm single. Oh, uh, like, uh, uh, like the desperate. That, that the desperate, desperate and uh, depressed and fat and like... <laughs> self-deprecating That self I am here to tell you you could be a funny comedian and not put yourself down. Wild fucking concept. Right, you can. You can. You can. But 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 most people talk about themselves not always in a positive light. But I get it. You right, you totally can. I just don't think that it has to be about chasing men all the time. Agreed. Right? Chasing men all the time. I do this um self-talk series yes on my instagram and it's like my bit the basic bitch in me always wants a man she's like please let us get a man please oh, let's yeah. get a man. and then the higher self is i'm like, still planning my wedding right and the <laughs> higher self in me is like come on girl why don't you finish writing this book like there's shit that we need to do mm-hmm. that makes us feel empowered mm-hmm. why don't we do that and it's when you've achieved those things or every time you achieve those things that are for a greater purpose right I'd much rather work towards something like comedy that doesn't have a gender, that's omnipresent, than and work then, towards winning that douchebag over across and, the And not even all men are not a douchebag, because this is not men hating. This is not Oh, no, hating. I love men. It's not men hating. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you want it to be a situation where you first, men or women, you first, what you want needs to be first, what you're working on needs to be first. And then if someone comes in to help build, add to that equation, that theory, then you're dope. Like that is a dope set, set of circumstances. Mm. But if it's not, if they come to distract and take away, you need to be able to assess that. And see it for what it is and say, you know, ever since this person got in my life, blah, 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 This is taking too long. This is taking too long. I've fallen off track and... Le- course yeah. correct. Course yeah. correct. Course correct. I think that's why I, I've kicked myself into overdrive a lot too because when I was in that relationship, it emotionally drained you stop me. stop it. Yeah. I stopped everything else in my life that ever because had any you know value. Because you know why? It takes so much energy to be with that person. Yeah. So if it's so if you're worried about somebody's cheating and you're worried about someone, whatever their abuses are, and then you're worried about what whatever it is you're worried about trying to make sure that you're less than so that that person is okay, 
then you're not you're gonna be distracted. Of course. Period. Yeah. You're gonna be distracted, and then bigger than being distracted, you're gonna have to downplay your gifts and talents and abilities because you don't want those people to feel intimidated. Yes. Mm-hmm. Intimidated. And then also we when the time so much growth because of that. When the time comes that you realize I have to leave this person, this isn't healthy, and I'm not comfortable, and I don't trust them. You are gonna have nothing to run to. Because you neglected all these other parts of your life. Because it took so much. Because it took so much. I said, oh, I actually really was spending every, say that. every minute of every day. I say that about all the time. I say, like, I, yeah. say, I say, it's like so crazy because you're in a relationship, right? You're in this relationship and you're like, shit, I must love him because it's so much energy, right? This yeah. is taking up all of my wherewithal. Mm-hmm. Like this, what the hell? There's nothing else going on in my life but this. So then your friends, you know, dissipate. And your family's like, they can't deal with it. Yeah. So it's just you and him. And then once it's a situation where it's time for you to leave, you have to rethink who you are as an individual. You go back to ground zero. And you're like, one. what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then you're at ground zero, not trusting yourself. No. Cause you've done in you you've done nothing to trust yourself, and you become a person that you're like I never thought I'd be in this position. What's going on? Yeah. yeah. And for me, I didn't know what I really I really did isolate my family and friends. You you have no choice, and you you have no choice because at the end of the day, you your spirit knows that it's wrong for you. Your yes. Spirit, you know, in the your, gut. Remember the gut. Your, your inner being, like, bitch. <laughs> Like get it together. What? What? <laughs> and we're like, no, stop. yeah, it's not. Listen, it's he is sad. He is going through something. We need to be there for him. We're selfish. Mm-hmm. We're horrible. Mm-hmm. Look at this. He's going through all this. Yeah, he punched me in the face, but he's crying now. He is a man. Yeah, he's abusive, and he's but crying he now. was abused before. He's crying now. Like we have all those things that freaking. Transpire. We have all those things that come into effect, and in effect, and what we do is we just like kind of like belittle them so that we can keep doing the thing that we wanted to do. But we're here, ladies, to tell you that you have a forum. You can talk to us. You can tell yes. us what's going on. We'll give you advice. We we have like numbers to domestic violence shelters. We have we have. We have so much information for you that we can help you get out. And even if you're staying, we can kind of at least. Give you little tips to get safe. And to protect yourself and stay afloat. Until you're ready to and, bounce. And, and when you're ready to bounce, we're here. And I think a, a, the most important thing is if you're not ready to bounce, we're here. Yeah, because you got to talk about it. Because if you're not in a vacuum, you're not in a bubble, this happens. And it's so great that Brittany and I are doing this because we're like 20 years apart. So my stories yeah. are going to be totally different from Brittany's stories, but you, what you're going to see is the same thread. The common threads. It's the same thread because predator, predators have the same agenda. It does not change. No. It does not change. Take away your power. Get you confused. Make sure that you're not dependent on anyone to the left or the right of you. Then you can't trust your own thoughts. And then Make you, decisions have to for lean, yourself. you have to lean on them. And once you mm-hmm. only can lean on them, that's when the real gangs begin. Mm-hmm. And whether you're in love and happy or you're in a situation where you know you should leave, neither of those things affect your inner power and your potential power. That's just the one thing I want right, everybody to know. You can always know. tap in. You can always tap in. You can always turn it around. Nobody's ever going to take... The reason, From my personal experience, 
this man not only hurt me, but he used to call me every name. I was stupid. I was crazy. Me too. Me too. Same thing. I was useless. I was crazy. a whore. I was. A, I was all the. I'm still crazy. You know. And mm-hmm. I don't care. I, now I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I am. I am a little crazy. Whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Um, but the one thing, and I remember, in, and we broke up, got back together, and the one thing he said is, he goes, I have nightmares about us actually breaking up one day, and I said, yeah, and he goes, because I know. I'm going to turn on the TV one day and I'm going to see you on SNL. Or he goes, I know. Oh, because of your potential. Yeah, and he goes, I know. Because he wants to be associated with the leech. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sure. No, no, no. That's, that's, I mean, I'm that's, sure that's underlying. A, but that's, that's a what leechy was. statement. That's not a leechy statement. I don't want to let you go because I know you're going to be great. You're, I'm going to ride your coattails. And this man has made a life and a career out of riding people's coattails. But, and this is... I've been a cunt, and I've been crazy, and I've been unstable, and I've been a bad person. I've been the worst girl. I've been everything you could possibly be. That would almost make you look at him and go, well, why are you with her then? But he said, he goes, yeah, I was thinking when we broke up for those two weeks, all the things I would eventually rub in your face one day, that my band would be successful, and the band I work with would go on tour, and I would be this famous music manager or whatever. And he goes, but then I thought about it, and I said, I just know one day I'm going to flip the TV on. I'm going to see her on Colbert. I'm going to see her on SNL. I'm going to see her with her own TV show. He goes, I always knew that. And that rings in my head, Onika, like you don't even know. Why? Because funny and comedy is one thing absolutely no one can take away from me. It's the first trait I had about myself that I liked. Nice. It's the first thing I knew I can can make a stranger laugh. And on my worst nights in comedy, when I bomb my dick off and I have a terrible night, I know. That never Bring happens me. to me. That's a lie. That's a lie. That one comment is like, I don't know, man. It's like never bombed. Okay. Listen. You've done one show. You've done one open mic. Maybe that's why. Um, you can take, I am at the point in my life where comedy is so much more important than anything else. You can call me ugly. You can call me crazy. You can call me whatever. You better not call me not funny. You better it's not call true. me not funny. Let me tell you so crazy. It's the only thing because, that matters. Because, so I'm dark skinned, <laughs> short hair. If you know anything You'll about You'll see the, us. We're gorgeous. If, if, we're if you know anything about the black community, it was not, I was not the shit growing up. But, <laughs> but like, I'm cute now. But, but, someone. I'm still not the shit. Someone, <laughs> someone said to me, I promise you, someone said to me, oh, you're so pretty. It was a comedian. And I took such offense to that shit. Yeah. Because. In my mind, what she was saying was, "You're not funny, but you're, you're just pretty." Yeah, and and that and I wanted pretty for so long, but in comedy, pretty means nothing. 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 Witty means nothing. Quick means nothing. Energy means nothing. Mm-hmm. If they're not saying you're hilarious, if that's not the attribute, then we have some sh- work to do. That's it. That's and that's literally, and that's why it's like that's why some comics sometimes don't look like they brushed their hair in a couple weeks because. It's not about that. It's not about that for them. It's about they waking up every day and going, who can I make laugh today? Is this going to work? How, Am I going to write the joke that's going to build my career today? This is it. This is it. So that's and, what violently funny is, right? Domestic know. violence is violent, right? Yeah. Manipulative, manipulative fucking people, period, is violent. Like, but the end of comedy, the end of uh, any kind of freedom, the last phase of any kind of getting on to the next thing. I can't think of the word because we've had drinks. We've, we're drinking <laughs> wine. But uh, it's, it's laughing at it. Yeah. If he said I was a bitch. That is hilarious. 
And being able to lighten up that from your spirit is what we're trying to give to you guys. Mm -hmm. So we're going to tell stories. We're going to make jokes about it. We're going to talk about our sets. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. But at the end of the day, what we really need you to do is share it. Share it with your friends and make it uber successful, mm -hmm. right? And uh, let these two comedians, like, run the world, help right? You, help you get through the day. Run yeah. the world. Yeah. You're going to relate. You're going to laugh. And at the very least, whoever's, whoever's listening, whomever's listening, is going to think. Hope you have something to think about. Think about. Isn't that dope, guys? This is great, right? I had a ball. I had a ball. <laughs> Yay! Finally! <laughs> everybody it's Brittany brave of violently funny thank you so much to everyone who's listened supported and shared their stories now onika and i are trying to bring levity to a tough topic but make no mistake your safety is our number one priority if you or someone you know is in danger you can call 911 or you can call the national domestic violence hotline at 1-800-799-7233 that's 1-800-799 7233. That number, along with a list of other resources, is going to be found in the description and details of every episode of Violently Funny. We want you laughing and we want you healing and learning, but we need you safe and sound and in one piece. Again, thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in. Onika and I will see you next week.